Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah? What's happening? Happening. You watched last night? You watched all the... What, what, is your, what is your media consumption habit? Like, what do you... Are you straight on one channel? Like, no. I have on my TV that screen, the four screen thing. Oh, nice. You can put four channels. So you go Fox, so CNN. News, right. So it's right. It's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and actually BBC. That's what it has. Do BBC cover? They don't cover it, though, it do they? Up. Yeah, they were covering it. Yeah, they were covering it. What, um, are, you, what are your thoughts so on that? I switch th- around a lot, you know, because I really, I, mean, I feel like media these days, you can't get the real story on anyone, so you really have to watch and listen and read everything. Yeah, I was really offended, actually, journalistically, that... When Trump won in Iowa, I understand he's going to say some stuff that's ridiculous, but the fact that MSNBC didn't take one second of his speech, that's going to fall if you mess around with it too much. Um, so I can't I wait for that to happen. Stop it. <laughs> I can adjust the volume for you. So, I mean, that, that, stuff like that drives me crazy. But what are your thoughts? I mean, about a 12-point win for Trump, I mean, over? Listen, I think that was a big win for him. Um, I I mean, we, we all know how I feel about this. I don't think he is the right candidate for this party. I don't think he is the right candidate for this country. Um, I think Nikki Haley would, would be a much better candidate. She clearly, clearly won a majority of the unaffiliated voters in New Hampshire because New Hampshire, as we know, has open primaries, which yeah. means everybody can vote Basically. Um, for the most part. And um, that that that's... You know, that's going to tell you that she's a better candidate for the general election than Donald Trump is. But unfortunately, he's winning by a lot. And unfortunately, his hold on people and Republicans is still great. Um, she says she's going to stay in. But should she? And what does she do? Because she's a Republican. Does she have to support Trump? Does she have to get in line or she could just bow out? Like, I mean, part of me is like, if she's really wants to be consistent, there's a lane there long term for her. She's still young. If she stays, listen, I'm, I don't think Trump's the right guy and she stays as long as she can and then doesn't endorse him. She'll be a pariah for a couple of years, but then maybe she can hold the mantle. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, th- there's a couple different avenues she could go here. First of all, I understand why she wants to stay in because, I mean, she lost by 12 points, but she lost by 12 points, right? It wasn't 30 points. Um, but if you, ta- a, if, you take out, but she, if you take out the independents, right, it was 30 she, points. But, but yeah. she won a majority of the independents. And, and the question is, should be to Republicans, you know, in this country right now, do we want to play a short game or a long game? Meaning is our party has become about Winning a primary, not about winning a general election. All right? Okay, yeah, great. Rah, rah, great for you. Pat you on the back. You won a primary. Now you're going to get killed in a general election. 
You think so, though? I think if no, it's I'm Biden, not saying, Trump. I'm not, I'm not right. saying he's going to get killed in a general election. Right. I'm just saying overall that has become an issue with the Republican Party nationally, sure. in the state and nationally. And so when you look at the results in New Hampshire, why they're so significant and why I think, you know, she's staying in because she thinks he's either going to drop dead or he's going to get he's going to get convicted and people are going to turn on him. So she's playing for he's not going to be in this anymore. I don't think she thinks she's actually going to win these primaries because she's already lost, you know, two big ones. But I think she wants to be the one that is thought of as if something happens to him, I'm going to be the one. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I listen. I, I don't think you can rely on as a political strategy somebody's going to die, you, you know, know or, get, or everybody's going to turn on him overnight because there's not a big window of time here, you know. But I think she, her message to people is, okay, Republicans, listen. You may like him. You may think he did a good job at the time. He's not the guy for now. And look at the results in New Hampshire. I have more staying power to win a general election than he does. Yeah, I don't think. And, it, and, but I think that's her angle, and I think she's, you know, she's she's playing for that, and and I think she's going to have to think long and hard over what what that means for her. And I think for me, as somebody who's been elected before, to go to South Carolina, her home state where she was governor, and to know she's behind sixty twenty, you know, yeah, sixty odds, twenty odds, but that's. That's a huge, that's a legacy for her in a lot of ways. And I think that that's something she has to think about. Maybe bow out before you get that embarrassment. You know, I, I, we're talking with Themis Claritus, of course, longtime state rep, uh, Connecticut Republican, former Senate candidate. I, I honestly think that, and I was talking to some insiders in New Hampshire last night, some old friends who were dyed in the cloth politicos up there. Chris Christie really hurt her. That he bowed out of the race, didn't endorse her. Not only that, he was caught on that hot mic throwing her under the bus. And if he had vehemently gone in support of her, they might have maybe gotten some – because he was pretty strong. I mean, he was like 8%-ish in, in, in New Hampshire – you know, he could, she could have gotten some Republicans. I mean, she she did really well with that big chunk of undeclareds. But I mean, in terms of Republicans, she did get beat pretty pretty. Right, but let's just let's just go back to Christie for a while because you know that's somebody I supported, and I and I still believe would was the best choice of everybody running for president on the Republican side. I, I believe that, and I believe that because he said what he thought. He was honest. He was direct, and he stood up there and said. Donald Trump may have done a decent job when he was here before. It is not the time for him now for the party and is not the time for him for this country. And we have to stand up. We cannot be afraid to say he is not the man. But then he basically helped. Nikki Haley has been walking the line the whole time. And I will tell you, if Nikki Haley is running against Joe Biden, I would vote for Nikki Haley. I'm not saying I won't. But compared to somebody like Chris Christie, we need people in this country who are going to stand up for what they believe in. Every Republican in that race, besides Chris Christie, was afraid. Yeah, well, they want jobs if he wins, afraid. and they knew they right, were going to lose. And that is not what you want in an elected official. You want somebody that cares about you and the people that they represent, not care about themselves and their agenda and afraid he's going to be mad. I mean, could, did you hear Donald Trump the other day? Ron DeSantis, I forgive you. Right. I like, forgive you. I'm sure Ron DeSantis has a voodoo doll of Donald Trump right now. And but that's the thing about Christie, though. He sort of de facto helped her, helped Trump anyway. That's my point. By the way, he treated Nikki Haley. So and I, I understand the argument, but you have to understand that you know somebody like Christie did this for the right reasons. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, and you failed because you did it for the right reason, 
How can you go and then support somebody who's not doing it for yeah, the right Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I mean, I, yeah. But you think that she's going to stay in for whatever reason? Well, Maybe she, said- she should bow out before South Carolina to avoid embarrassment. And but you do think it's pretty much a done deal. That's the summary I, of your. I think. I think, based on what we saw in Iowa and New Hampshire, that the die is probably cast. I do understand from her perspective that she wants to stay in. And remember, campaigns don't end because people decide they don't want to run anymore. Campaigns end because you don't have enough money to continue. If her donors are going to continue to donate and her super PAC is going to continue to move forward, I don't know why she doesn't stay in and she's playing for what if what if this happens to donald trump what if that happens to yeah. donald trump and i understand that yep uh themis claritas here with us republican uh former state rep senate candidate uh we'll talk with shannon miller in just a few minutes right now let's check in with mark christopher in the brown pendirison scott traffic center hey mark uh we're here with themis claritas uh in studio, and we're going to uh, pivot a little bit. And Themis, you can chime in if you want to. But there's a lot going on in the Traconis trial, and uh, sort of our go-to person has been Shannon Miller, who was you know the reporter on the story on the TV side, and and now she anchors the mornings at NBC Connecticut. And she's hosting a daily show on their streaming side, committed to this trial, and she's just offset uh, from the morning show. Good morning, Shannon. How are you? Hey, Brian, I'm good. How are you doing? Hey, who's your, who's your partner on the desk this morning? Oh, that's not, that's Toy Thornton. He just joined us a couple uh, months ago, and um, yeah, he 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 agreed to wake up early with me and join <laughs> me this morning. So. Well, and he's doing a Today Show hit in a little bit, too, so he's going to have to cover that. And I always, yeah. got, I always got nervous on the hard out when I was, <laughs> right. you know, I just, it took me a while, a couple of years to get totally comfortable, but, um, to, oh, yeah. uh, listen about the trial, uh, let's just get a quick summary. What have we learned so far this week? I have a bunch of questions for you, but let's get yeah. it out there. Sort of a, a summary of, especially yesterday was a lot of sort of graphic and disturbing kind of stuff. Yeah. I would put some yesterday's testimony, what was presented as one of the top most notable days. And I know we're only, you know, almost two weeks into this, but it is one of the most significant days so far because we've heard about all of this evidence that was collected along Albany Avenue. The arrest warrant lays out a lot of those items, Jennifer's T-shirt, the bra. Um, but seeing it, Brian, I I just think it, it, it had such a different impact. You know, we, the, what I've been talking about through all this is like what's described in the arrest warrant versus what we see is just far more impactful. And then even there was new pieces of evidence that we have never heard about from those arrest warrants, including a razor, a screwdriver, um, you know, the razor having some blood-like substance on it. I mean, this is brand new evidence uh, that that we have, you know, previously never heard about. The jury's hearing about all of it for the first time. Right. Um, But I, I couldn't help but think just the impact in that courtroom on the jury, um, on Jennifer's family, on the defendant, you know, how all of that, you know, really kind of, you know, turn the course or not, you know, in this investigation, in this investigation and as far as the trial goes as well. Well, OK, but doesn't it sort of seem like it's it's photos Dulos who's on trial? Like yeah. this is stuff yeah. like, you know, and there's one big thing I want to talk about with her, but like this is all evidence against him. Right. And that's what Michelle's attorney, you know, continues to say. It's like, do I have to defend photos Dulos? Because up until, you know, we're talking about. 
everything that has been talked about up until this point, you know, almost two weeks in, is what Fotis Dudos allegedly did. So John Schoenhorn has asked the court, you know, many times, you know, I feel like I'm having to defend him. But, I, you know, I guess from the state's point of view, they have to lay the groundwork or foundation of what Fotis Dulos did and then bring in the part their allegations did Michelle have anything to do with it, again, which she denies. So we're talking with Shannon Miller from NBC Connecticut. Again, you can catch her streaming show. Again, it's streaming on, is it on it, Peacock? Or stream, is it- yep, you can, uh, anywhere you stream on Roku, Zumo, um, 9 a.m. to 9.30, and then um, uh, we're also, uh, Brian, putting those episodes on our website, NBCConnecticut.com, uh, shortly after they air. So we've got a whole uh, log of the full episodes that you can find on our website as well. So, you know, is it confirmed that she was with him on the trip to Hartford? She, Yeah, she has told investigators um, in her interviews with them that, that that was her. She doesn't deny that. Um, that the two of them, you know, were traveling along Albany Avenue, that that's her scene in that surveillance video. What she continues to maintain is that she did not know what Fotis was dropping off. You know, Fotis was a home builder, a contractor who she, you know, told investigators he had a history and a pattern of illegally, you know, dropping off, you know, dumping some of his building materials uh, sometimes in larger trash cans. I know there was a, a furniture store um, in, in Avon or Simsbury area that he used to do this at, allegedly. Um, so it wasn't uncommon, Michelle says, for him to dump trash, uh, you know, in different places. But she did tell them that she did find it odd and weird that he was, you know, in the middle of downtown Hartford along Albany Avenue, a really busy area. And I think she used the word, you know, creepy. Um, so and she also maintains that she was on the phone. But yeah, let, let's be honest here, and they, she thought they were going to Starbucks, But because we're so tight on time, I interject and I apologize, but this is where part of me is like, okay, well, there's no way to prove her statement's wrong because he's gone. At the same time, that's a really thin excuse for your lover or whatever, and you not know what's going on. You know, it'll be interesting to see, once again, the question, is she going to take the stand, and is that question going to be asked to her before the court? I think that's the million-dollar question that everyone wants to hear from Michelle Draconis. In her words, what was happening on Albany Avenue? Hi, Shannon. It's Themis Claritus. Um, You know, do you find that the jurors are reacting to to this in a positive or a negative way, just any any of the evidence that's been put forth as up to now? The thing is, I was in court on Monday, and this was, of course, not the day where this um, physical evidence was presented. But, I, you know, I always like to sit somewhere in the courtroom where I can see both the jury and the defendant, especially on days like yesterday. Um, I, I, on Monday, could see them, you know, some of them, you know, they've got notes. They're allowed to bring notepads in there and take notes while they're in the court. They can't bring them home with them. But you see kind of a mixture of, like, engaged jurors that are, that would be me as a note taker. I have to write things down for memory purposes. But then there's others who are, you know, you know, kind of sitting back with their arms crossed, absorbing, not, not that they're not engaged, but just absorbing it. So you think about just the way people absorb information differently. It's, it's different for every, every person in there. But I can imagine yesterday, and it's one of the questions I have today for our, our analysts is how do you prepare the jury for a heavy day like yesterday? I mean, that's a lot of, of heavy stuff to see. Um, but, you know, I think you, you stress to them it's their job to, to learn every little bit of this case, including some of that really, really difficult evidence that was presented. 
Uh, Shannon Miller from NBC Connecticut joining us here talking about the Michelle Traconis trial. I think day eight was yesterday. And uh, you can see the streaming show at 9 a.m. if you want to watch it live on wherever you stream NBC Connecticut. And you can also get it archived and so on. Uh, what, what's happening today moving forward? So I think we will hear more about um, surveillance. We ended yesterday with, with more about surveillance video um, along Albany Avenue. Some new shots that we saw of Fotis Dulos's, what appears to be his pickup truck uh, along that area. I think we'll likely hear some more from um, state police investigators on this. I think uh, the way that everything should be heading based on kind of like the way that the arrest warrant is laid out is uh, what that evidence um, resulted in when they did the testing, when they brought uh, Jennifer's uh, blood-soaked T-shirt and bra to the state crime lab and did the forensics on that. I think that's probably likely where we're taking the jury next. All right, great stuff. We really appreciate the time. I know that your mornings are busy. You should be, you know— knee-deep in eating some breakfast. So uh, thank you, Shannon. <laughs> I'm on to it now. All right. Have a good day. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you, you soon. Too. All right. Shannon Miller joining us from NBC Connecticut and uh, really good reporter. But I mean, now she's up at four, she's on the air at like four in the morning, 4.30 and doing that show. It's a lot. That's a big heavy lift. With Themis Claritus, a uh, longtime Republican state rep and leader at the State House and Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Things I want to tick, tick off the list. You want serious or you want not so serious? I can give you either path. Are we going to do both, though? Uh, yes. Okay. Which one do you want? Not so serious. Okay. So we were talking off mic uh, about the Academy Awards. And, you know, listen, people can ridicule Barbie. I just thought it was insane that the director of that movie... And the star of that movie didn't get nominated. And and forget about, like, it's almost like, is it, like, ironic, would you call that, based on the, the sort of sexist, sexism commentary of the movie? I, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. I, I, I feel like there was a message being sent there somehow, which— Like what? Like— I don't know though because it, it's it's preposterous to me. That, Save that, the movie the two, industry. I mean, listen, nobody's saying that she should win the Oscar for Best Actress. I don't say I'm not saying she should or she shouldn't. 
But the fact that she wasn't nominated, you know, and, you know, she was nominated for being a producer, but the director didn't didn't get nominated. I mean, that movie, whether I mean, I mean, I understand it wasn't it wasn't, you know, groundbreaking intellectual information. But Barbie's an institution, you know, generations of girls grew up with Barbie. And just as we were talking about before, just the set, the wardrobe. I mean, just just watching the movie was an interesting the way know, they imagined and the it, the fact that they just said, "Okay, well, what, that's really." I, I think it's you know, and I you know, listen, I'm not some. I think intellectual snobbery, to be honest with you. But Although the thing Ken is, Ken got nominated, so he just stood there and was like the dopey guy. I don't know how he got. Well, nominated. I mean, I think he did a good job. I'm not a big Ryan Gosling fan, but for me, it's more like the movie imagined it in a way that I hadn't expected. Or, you know, really, it was so creative and dynamic and and beautiful at the same time. Like, I almost think that Gerwig's snub is worse than Robbie's snub. I agree. I agree. Because the way that movie was shot, it was insane. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's that's brutal. So I don't know why. I mean, I know that America Ferrera, who was great too, and she deserves it too. Uh, donuts, by the way, if people uh- still want to chime in, we got a, a bunch of donuts. You're telling me that the. The jelly donut at Neal's is the best donut. Like, I'm not a jelly donut guy. Like, that's the one I leave in the box. Okay. That is un-American, number one. Oh. <laughs> You're jelly attacking my donut. patriotism. Jelly donut is the classic donut. No, but, like a honey me, dip and a glazed let me, donut. Let me, let me is... tell you a little bit okay, about a jelly donut. Me. I am a jelly donut aficionado. I love all jelly donuts, so I would not say no to any jelly donut. Equal but opportunity. But the difference between Neal's... Jelly donuts and everybody else is what is Neil's jelly donut. Do you know how most donuts there's a little hole in the edge yep. where they pump in whatever, <laughs> like the jelly, the lemon, the cream, whatever yep. it is. Neil's jelly donuts are a jelly sandwich. They slice it halfway in the middle. It's it's a huge. It's an open face donut. It's a, it's it's a donut with with powdered sugar on it. They open it up and they put the jelly in there. A lot of jelly. It's a jelly. Sandwich. So it's funny because you need a complete body covering to eat this donut. I ate the donut once in the legislature, and we hadn't started yet. I went into my seat and I ate it. There was literally stuff everywhere, everywhere yeah. on my clothes, on the floor. But it is the most amazing jelly donut ever made. And Matt, Matt would say that the Boston cream that they do, they do the same thing. It's like an open-faced Boston the cream. The Boston cream sandwich. Yeah, Matt, Matt's a uh, right. Matt's I'm not. not it's yeah. Yeah, he says the Boston Green was ju- just as good on that. All right, so listen, we got those out of the way. Uh, a bunch of other things. I want to talk about electric vehicles in Connecticut because I think it's um, a really interesting conversation right now that I never thought would have legs. I really thought this was a non-story, and maybe it's because Connecticut's so sleepy. I don't know, but it's becoming a bigger and bigger story. Uh, we're here with Emma Claritus, uh, longtime state rep, uh, former Senate candidate. Uh, so, I mean, let's be honest, you have a Tesla. I do. Yeah. I'm not lying about it. And <laughs> the have you had any battery trouble in cold weather? Have you had any issues? No, with listen, it? when it's very cold, and I don't mean like, like 45 degrees cold. I mean when it's exceptionally cold or like when it's ex- 20? exceptionally hot, yep. the battery drains faster. I mean that that's that's the issue with the battery. What do, think, what do you think what do you think I just set the charge on higher yeah. for those times. What do you think of this whole special session thing and this whole issue? Listen. First of all, 
I'm regular listening. session is starting in a week. Right. Why do it early? And they're going into special session the week before, which is going to cost the state money to bring in staff and turn the lights on and everything. It's ridiculous. The only reason that this is happening is because they want the attention in an election year to say, look at look at me, look at me, look at me. You what think I that's did. why they're doing it? Well, there is. Well, why don't you do it next week then? Because maybe they feel like they can get it done and then it won't be the focus of the session. Because I feel like... It won't be the focus of the session. I feel like this thing could could take on a life. Because I think the average person doesn't want to... Even though they don't understand it, it just means they can't buy a brand new gas car. It doesn't mean they can't drive one. You know, it doesn't mean a whole bunch of things. And and they got 11 years to build the infrastructure. But the average person is saying to themselves, I can't afford it and I don't want it. And so I think politically... Why why sort of disturb the bee's nest when you have such such power right now? The Democratic Party is in such control. But how is the bee's nest any less disturbed by doing it the week before regular session starts? Back to your point. Your average person doesn't really even understand when is special session, when is regular session. They know that the legislature and the governor are voting on something. That's what they know. And they know that it's this thing about electric vehicles. You know, the, the issue is I mean, they're going to go in, they're not going to pass this. They're going to find a compromise, and it's going to be more like, a, a, I would guess, a study group or a, um, you know, a commission that's put together to try and figure this whole thing out. Yeah, I mean, Speaker Ritter came on the show yesterday. He said two things. He said one is we'll get a, get a study and we'll re-vote in three years, and then the, both he and the governor started talking about hybrids a ton. Right, and because that's, that's because... You know, this this issue with electric vehicles, it's hybrids that people are really focusing on, right? Because let's face it, electric vehicles are still, you know, they're pri- a lot of people are priced out of buying electric vehicles, whereas hybrids are... are, are it's still expensive, but a, a little more affordable. Right, a little more expensive in, in a lot of these cars, but way more affordable. And there's a lot more of them. There are a lot more options. And people, and I will just tell you from my own experience... I wanted an electric car way before I got an electric car. The reason I didn't get one was because I had the anxiety of, oh, what if I don't get to a charging station? And, you know, what if I can't charge the car? And that's a real fear. I mean, there there are a lot more charging stations than there used to be, but there's not enough. And, you know, then there's people you have to put a charging station in your home, which is expensive. And then when you charge at home, I mean, they say the average, if you charge your car at home, and your own charging station, they said it's something like the cost of an average home use of electricity for a whole day. That's how much more. So just think about that. So that's like two homes, average home, right, of electricity being used. That's a lot of electricity being used, which then brings us to the whole issue with the grid. So hybrids are really what people are focusing on. They feel more comfortable. They feel safer. But that's a relatively it, new trend. Affordable. I mean, it's just sort of emerged. The market forces have sort of dictated that, right? I mean, it's just all of a sudden there's the, the EVs are staying on a lot longer and hybrids are selling and the car companies are like, oh, wait, well, maybe we're misreading the market a little bit. Because it's a year ago, people weren't yipping about hybrids. They were yipping about EVs. Um, yes and no. I mean, I think I think they were yipping about EVs, but the hybrid yipping didn't stop. I mean, they said the average hybrid today is $42,000. So if, you know, companies like Ford, who, you know, are the number two hybrid seller behind Toyota, you know, their General Motors, who stopped even producing them, yep. are now considering producing them again. Because I think people understand I mean, if you look at what's going on right now, right, affordability issues with, with gas, with food, you know, just the economy in general, inflation, they know that a hybrid is more affordable than a straight gas car in a lot of circumstances. So they want to go in that direction if they can. 
if they can afford that that kind of car. But the electric vehicle is like a whole foreign, like alien thing to a lot of people. And I again, I had the same experience, so I understand why that is. So I think, you know, I think once again, it's about educating people as to what is going on, you know, what's going on in the environment, how you can help with the environment, but how you can afford it at the same time. You can't just force the things down people's throats. Yeah. And that's why people are pushing back on this. I have, you know, I, listen, I think we should do a lot of things that are good for the environment, but there is a legitimate argument about the grid is one thing, you know, the tires, the weight of the cars, the cost of production is different. There, there is a, an argument to be made that in, in a, on a net net, it doesn't necessarily move the needle as much as you might think. And that, that to me, is an intellectual conversation to be had. we got to put a pin in it. Uh, we're here with Themis Claritus. Uh, we were hoping to maybe get uh, Neil Vigder for 820, but it, he might. He had a long night for the New York Times uh, in New Hampshire, so maybe we can get him for 820. Uh, a couple things I want to talk about here is the Senate race for uh, Connecticut's junior senator against Chris Murphy. And... I'm a little bit, and and again, I I had some some moles tell me that they were expecting a candidate to be announced before the end of this month. We don't have a candidate. Does that mean they're just trying to find somebody to just take 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 the shots? I mean, I don't. I would think somebody who is serious and credible would be in by now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other races around the country are, but. I mean, first of all, were you approached? Were you? Did you consider? I mean, I might as well just ask you no, straight I out. Mean, it's not. It's. I mean, certainly people have mentioned it. I. It, it's not something I'm considering. Be- but if, because. Well, I. I think. I think Chris Murphy is very diff- Would be very difficult to beat. I mean, I think he would be very difficult to beat in the state. You know, and in addition to that, if we or we have Donald Trump on the ballot in November, I think it's going to be a difficult year for Republicans. Period. But in particular, a, a well, especially federal, here in federal Connecticut, office, yeah. right yeah. in Connecticut, correct. Um, and and if you're right, if there was somebody that was substantive that was out there that wanted to run, they would have been running already. So what's do you have any? Do you have any, you don't have to give names, but do you know if there's anyone? This the, these offices, you always hear names floating around, and when you hear the names floating around, they're they're not anybody that you really think can win. You know, oftentimes we convince somebody to run for something just so. The, uh, the incumbent does not go um, unopposed. Well, do you think that could happen? Do you I think, think it could go unopposed? Yeah. I think it could happen. I think it could happen. I think that it's more likely that the state party will convince somebody to put their name on the ballot, and that person will, will get trounced. Agree and, you know, not be, not be a formidable candidate. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, it, I remember when Murphy beat Nancy Johnson— and thought she was unbeatable, although she got a little complacent and seemed like she didn't try that hard to get reelected necessarily. But uh, it, to go from that position to he might be in one of the most secure seats in the country, you know, I mean, it, I mean, it, it is kind of stunning. Well, Chris Murphy and I got elected together together at the state house, and we served together. Um, did, then he ran for Cong- Then he ran right. for state senate. Then he ran for. Did Cong- he have any he political po- particular political talent above all others? And when you were there, I mean, like what? Did you see something that? I mean, what you saw was he wanted to run, right, right? and run a, for higher office. Ambitious. So, so yeah. that's what he was interested in. I mean, certainly he's a smart guy and he's very, very passionate about the things he believes in. Um, but I wouldn't say any anything more than anybody else. I mean, it's just a question of, you know, at a certain point, if you have ambition, if you have an agenda, if you want to go to the next level and the next level. And he clearly did from the beginning. Um, I'm just curious, since we have a couple minutes here before we say goodbye, um, you paying attention to this Bridgeport story? I mean, and I guess Ganim this time got 
he won the vote before the absentee ballot, so they feels like that's a mandate right. to win. But they might still have an election. So now Gomes has lost three times, and they might still have an election. And Gomes point blank said, I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "They're not getting rid of me. We are now coming after you, basically." I so mean, he's not going to get. He's not going to step aside. Based on what he said last night, that it doesn't seem like he's anywhere near stepping aside. Now it's a city of like 150,000. But they actually got more votes than than the last primary, which to me is actually impressive because I was convinced that voter fatigue and voter confusion would r- rule the day. So uh, it, what a disaster that that was. But it looks like Ganem's going to be fine. Ganem seems to always be fine, you know, notwithstanding his little trip away. He seems to come back and and, and do what he needs to do. I, You know, Bridgeport's always been a very quirky kind of place. And, uh, you know, I just hope he he cares about doing what's best for the city. Well, look at you playing politician. I don't know what else you're supposed to say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the no, whole okay. thing. I mean, if that were a movie, you would you would, wouldn't think it was real. Yeah. Right. I but mean, it is real. And so at this point, I mean, it's been time after time after time between him going away and coming back and running and then beating an incumbent. And right, I mean, the whole thing with, you know, Bill Finch. And then it just it just seems like he doesn't. You know, people still like him. And so, I mean, all you can do is hope that he wants to do right by the city. I got two more questions for you, and you can bring up anything you want. One is, are, are you thinking about, are you just enjoying your life? Like, are you thinking, are you ever going to get back involved? I mean, I almost have to ask you this every time we talk, but I didn't ask you, you last do. time. But I don't know. You know I, mean, I mean, I am enjoying my life. It's It's interesting, you know, when you're in politics, especially like to the level that I was as leader and then running for a statewide office, I mean, it is, it's a 24-7 job. I mean, people do not really understand how much work it is and just how much mental and physical toll it takes on you. But that's the commitment if you want to do it the right way. But what you don't realize until you're not in it is how much you've missed of life. And so I've been really fortunate that I've been able to enjoy my family and my friends and just little things that I didn't get to do before Um and so I am enjoying that. I don't. I can't tell you that I'm never going to get back in, and I still have a passion and a fire in my belly to help the state. But I, I don't know what that answer is right now. That's fair enough. Uh, Hall of Fame. What's your problem with the Hall of Fame? Oh God, Thurman Munson. Okay. What? Thurman Munson. Why is Thurman Munson not in the Hall of Fame? Well, I mean, they didn't quite have the long enough body of work, did he? I mean, and tell me why he didn't. Well, he died. Okay. Yeah, he died, but he was he played for eleven seasons. Since when is that not a long enough body of work? Well, I mean, okay. So Seven-time All-Star, multiple MVP, numerous world championships. He had MVP. He yes. Won, yes. He won league MVP more yes. than once? He was multiple MVP. Oh, you're, you're, I, I'm, I have a, a third party that says once. Okay, whatever. Okay, man, but, hey, man, what's your take on Thurman Munson? Do you batting, have a take? Listen to me. Oh, Career I'm listening. batting I'm average listening. of 292 yeah, I'm with 113 home runs, 701 runs batted in. Uh-huh. Golden Globe three years in a row. Golden Glove, that would Glove. be. Glove. I didn't know he was I'm an sti- actor, too. I'm still on the Barbie thing. Matt, what do you think? Right? I mean, captain of the Yankees, first since Lou Gehrig. I mean, it's preposterous. And, Brian, I know you're not going to like this. What? But if Carlton Fisk... Is in the Hall of Fame. Tell me how Thurman well, Fisk, Munson is not. Fisk, listen, what happened to Thurman Munson was tragic. Of course I mean, it was. I mean, you don't have to talk about it in that sense, but he, I mean, Fisk played a, a double the amount of years, basically. 
you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it, but his name never comes up, which is interesting. Good. He wasn't as good as know. Thurman Munson. His numbers weren't as good as Thurman Munson. He may have played. Here's the issue: he may have played longer, but it's not as if Thurman Munson played for three years. I mean, eleven years right. is a pretty good major league career. No, I agree. And, know, and, and, and looking at today, a two ninety two batting average, like most people would kill for a two ninety two batting average. And I mean, you always use the example of you know Sandy Koufax. He played way less. So, well, Koufax, but here's the thing is it Koufax was the best pitcher alive for like five of those years. Right. So that's not that's a good it. comp. But but, no, it is a good comp because no, it's, it's five not. or six of those years, but the other years he was mediocre. And you could also argue that Thurman Munson was the second best catcher in baseball. I, I, I'm with you until you bring Koufax as and, a comp for Thurman defend. Munson. And I think no. I think but, no. but what I'm saying is you can't go by just, it's not an object, it's not a black trying and to be white kind of guess. years in play. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, listen, I, I, I understand that. And, you know, Fisk played 24 years, 269. Uh, he hung around a long time and wasn't great at the end. And I get it, but Sandy Koufax was a hmm. I mean. But I, my, I, I only bring that up to point ahead, out you can't go by years only. That's I, my I, point. I agree with that. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.